0: Why did the zombie cross the road? Because he's chasing you. You're listening to Podcast Detective. Now, run. Hello, Runner Fives. It's me, Lindley, and I'm here with Liz today. So we've Hi. got the Austrians, kind of, right? I'm, I'm Austrian, right? I'm Austrian now.
1: I think I pronounced you an honorary Austrian yes. like half uh, a year ago. Yes. It's and I am clearly the person you can decide that.
0: Well, obviously.
1: Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the, the queen of Austria, basically. That's why I'm living where nobody, can, yes, nobody cares. I'm going about. to call
0: you Empress Elizabeth. Oh. <laughs> or should I just go ahead and call you Cece?
1: Hmm. Nobody ever used that nickname for me.
0: Oh. It,
1: it's not uncommon, though.
0: I'm gonna. Yeah, I know. Cece, Empress Cece.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with any nickname as long as people don't write my full name with a, uh, a, a Z. Ah, a
0: C. Z, I, as we say. Yes.
1: <laughs> as you guys say, while well, the whole world is saying Z.
0: USA, USA.
1: <laughs> okay, today we will talk about the the wonderful Paula.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Yeah, and uh, we had some. Some interesting messages about Paula. And we always love talking about great female characters in Zombies Run. So, yay! hmm
0: Yes. And I love Paula, personally. She's yeah, one of my too. favorites.
1: So, but before we do that, we should talk about some fandom news. hmm
0: And um, if you guys notice anything diff- different about the sound quality today, we've had some technical difficulties um, in the past I- week yeah. or so. So we're working on getting that fixed.
1: Something happened to my headphone, a uh, headset, like my i iTunes headset thingies. I dropped them, and I didn't stop my bike <laughs> quickly enough, and so they fell into the snow, and the bike ran over them. So,
0: oh, life in Innsbruck. <laughs>
1: um, and the most embarrassing thing is that this is the second time that happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, it really is an everyday thing in Innsbruck, then, or every tw- two times per life thing.
1: <laughs> let's hope it stays with two times. <laughs> okay, so let's get into fun of new. Yes.
0: Boom! 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 Yay! (sighs) That was a crowd cheering. I
1: love tabletop games.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: I come from a family where everybody hates tabletop games, (laughs) but I love them. So we don't know a lot about it yet, but I think that they they kind of got money to develop it, right?
0: I think so, and... Having met the people from 6 to Start, I can confirm that they're all, well, at least the developers, are all pretty much huge tabletop nerds, or at least gaming nerds, so um, you know it's going to be pretty good quality, I think, because the, um, yeah, at least Matt Witeska and Adrian, they, like, know their way around these areas, so... I'm I'm really looking forward to more information about it.
1: Me too, me too. I think for me the most interesting thing is like will that game be interesting to play only for Zombies Run fans? Like do people have to know something about Zombies Run to play and enjoy mm. the game? Because for a tabletop game you need people who share the same like room. Yeah. Like, we would have to meet in Salzburg, I guess, to, to play it.
0: Theoretically, yeah.
1: Theoretically. Like, or can I play it with, like, friends who are not into Zombies Run?
0: I mean, uh, what I imagine it'll probably be will be very similar to the, like, game aspect on your phone. So, like, you're collecting stuff for able and building stuff, and, like, at some point, a zombie horde is going to attack you. So you have to, like, make your base as secure as possible f- before this horde comes, right? Um,
1: does that work? Or maybe it's something like... Um, not
0: entirely sure. Yeah. Probably something with cards and, like, Carcassonne tiles or something.
1: Yeah, I think, or maybe it's something like where you play against each other and you're different new settlements, but mm-hmm. in the same universe. And it could be something like... Um, I don't know what it's called in English. Von Catan?
0: Settlers of Catan.
1: That is... Yeah, I should have thought that. <laughs> That's like the exact same.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Everybody gets like one.
1: Yeah, so we can... You, if you want to know more about that game, you can go to the Zombies Run blog and then they have a link where you can sign up for the mailing list, which we did. Mm-hmm. So you will get... As soon as they have, like, news, they will put a, you know, a newsletter. They will send you a newsletter. So Mm -hmm. you should do that. And then you are up to date with the tabletop game.
0: Yep. It doesn't look like they have any mail yet. I've got their mail pulled up, and it's just a confirmation of subscription. So they'll probably – did they announce when they're going to have more stuff?
1: Uh, They said, like, maybe monthly-ish or something. Okay. I, I read that.
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really interested in how they're expanding, looking to expand this, because, um, when I was with them last August, they had talked about a lot of different ideas, um, from, yeah, the game to, like, I don't know, completely just a radio show or anything. So, um, yeah, I, I would be really interested to see how they're going to do some more stuff, like, outside of the running and active workout stuff.
1: Yeah, I I am looking forward to it. Yep. Like, I'm really, I am excited. And here's the thing. The Zombies Run team, they are always doing good work. Mm -hmm. So even if they are working on something unusual or something new, I'm usually, I'm like, I kind of trust them to make a good product. So...
0: Yeah, a product that definitely caters to not only people, like, from the fandom, their interests, but also caters to people outside the fandom. Because, um, yeah, as far as I know, they're kind of putting all their focus into building the Zombies Run world right now. And they've done a really good job, like, with the virtual races and with everything, like, catering to our side, the nerdy fandom. Like, who okay. loves the characters and everything, and then also catering to the fitness side of it. Because there is a huge, like, group of people who do Zombies Run primarily for fitness, which is awesome.
1: Yes, it is. Um. In other news, uh, yeah, there is still a few entries left for the virtual race.
0: Mm-hmm. It said 500 yeah. when I looked about I th- five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, I think they made it a lot better. Bigger because they mm-hmm. did in, in the first race, they were not sure how many people would actually uh, participate.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: and they were kind of surprised how many there are. Uh, so yeah, there are 500 entries left. If you you can sign up for like different packages, and depending on how much money you pay, you will get different stuff, and you will also get entry to the RuffleNet net board, which is mm-hmm. a very nice and small uh, message board. I haven't used, I haven't been using message boards in like years. (laughs) Back when the internet was young and so was I, that was kind of the main thing we had because we didn't have (laughs) any like social networks and stuff. So that's kind of, it makes me nostalgic for message boards. So yeah, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all the people on RuffleNet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm going to run the old one. So the old one now for those of you who don't know is available for free um on your app and I'll do that one but yeah I just don't have the money for the new one unfortunately cuz I really would like to join RuffleNet and everything but <sighs> I'm poor. I need a job.
1: You do. Yeah. So you I don't get paid any for this. For opportunities. <laughs> In Vienna
0: <Yes>. specifically, please. <laughs>
1: And, like, job opportunities where people don't care that Lindley is, she's not really an Austrian. You
0: know? No, don't say that. Don't say things like that.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's, I think that's it for Fan Yeah. Right? Yep. As always, check out the Unofficial Zombies Run group. I like it very much on Facebook. Mm-hmm.
0: And we have a Facebook. We're really bad about using it, but we have one. Um, yeah. So check that out, too. And here we go with Miss Paula Cohen.
1: So, as always, when we talk about character, and that's especially for the people who are new to the podcast, we will go season by season, so we will try Mm -hmm. to not spoiler anything before we get to the season, and you just, you know, stop listening whenever the season comes that you haven't join so far. Yes, yes, true. And you can also check the description of the of the podcast episode where you can see how long the spoilers are, so you can like skip them and go right to the end where we will announce the next topic. Yes. Okay, so we will start with season one Paula I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Well we have a couple um, emails and yeah, one of them's for season four. But then Max sent a general email about headcanons. Um, so according to Max Carnage, who has is a frequent listener and caller, caller, Shout out. emailer to our show, thank you. Um, his headcanons are that Paula's rather beautiful. I probably agree with that. Um, she's culturally Jewish, um, and that's quite important part of her self identity. But she's not a religious person per se. And she was never one of the cool kids, but that's okay. Being a bit of a dork was one of the things that attracted Maxine to her in the first place. I think all of those are pretty spot on, actually. I mean, I might disagree a little bit with number two, that she's not really religious. Like, she's probably not religious in the same way that I'm not religious. Like, I have my religion, but do I go to church every Sunday? No
1: the thing and that's I, I i did learn some stuff about judaism when i study because if you study theology as a christian then well judaism is kind of important mm-hmm. i think it's a bit more difficult to distinguish between the cultural part of judaism and the religious aspect mm-hmm. of judaism like i think it's it's quite different for a Jewish person to say I'm not really religious uh, than for a Christian person to say I'm not really religious, because you're still, Ju- you're still culturally Jewish.
0: Mm-hmm. I think though Judaism is kind of unique mm-hmm. in that it has a very specific yeah. non-religious culture. Yeah, so exactly. it has like the Yiddish language. It has. Um, which I love. Very, it has uh, Jewish music and, like, different cultural aspects that aren't entirely related to the religion. And I can definitely see Paula participating in those. But, um, kind of early spoilers, she does mention at some points in time that, um, like, some of the practices she does are yeah. kind of uh, related to the religion as well. So, I mean, it could be that she just does those out of habit. Like, because I know a lot of Christians who aren't particularly Christian, but do a ton of things like that are technically Christian out of habit. So Max could very well be right. Like that she is culturally Jewish, but doesn't, um, and does some of the religious, religious, um, ceremonies and stuff, but doesn't actually actively like believe or anything.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's for her. I could see that for her, maybe it's more part of her heritage Mm -hmm. necessarily of part of her religious beliefs.
0: Yeah. I think it really could go either way for her.
1: Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, but I don't see her as an overly religious...
0: Oh, no, definitely not. ...person. I think by the time the zombie apocalypse comes around, you're either... You either kind of sink back completely into your religion, or you almost forego it completely. Like...
1: Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. really
0: no in-between at that point.
1: I, I think in, in most situations of a crisis, uh, you will either start questioning your religion or your religion will become, like, your anchor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And your strength.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I
1: don't think... I mean, yeah.
0: So. Yeah. And I mean, like I've mentioned before, like, at the point we are in the series, like, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but... Um, people can also get back into the customs and the norms that they had, or start to get back into, like, sort of the way of life pre-apocalypse. So, I mean, yeah, she has time to practice some of the ceremonies and stuff, and the actual event of the apocalypse and dealing with zombies has probably changed how she views those as well. Um, So whether or not she sees, like, the religious affiliation with those still, or is just doing them because she wants some sense of normans- like yeah. normalcy is completely up to debate.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, in season one, we don't actually get to meet Mm-mm.
0: Paula. <coughs> Except for that one horrible episode.
1: Exactly.
0: Which made me bawl my eyes out. So- <laughs> and everyone else.
1: Yeah, so we meet Paula in this episode. Where basically all we know about is all we know about her that she worked for Pandora Hayes. Mm-hmm. Is that the name? The company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the companies that Menarch that were affiliated with Arc and that uh, she had something to do. From her, we learned a lot about the backstory of the first patient who was turned into a zombie and. She, like, it's really impressive that she, she knows that it's super dangerous, but still she uses those last hours to try the best she can to find a cure, and also to to use basically her last minutes to not only tell Maxine how much she loves her, which, like, Is an amazing thing. But also she tells Maxine the story because she thinks that if somebody can, like, finish her own work, it's Maxine.
0: Mm -hmm. So, like,
1: that was so impressive. Like, I would be weeping in a corner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, she kind of was.
1: Yeah, but she was still strong enough to tell the story and to give to give all the information that she had to somebody who might be able to do something mm-hmm. with it. And at the same time, she could give this amazing speech to Maxine, mm-hmm. which broke my heart.
0: <laughs> and everyone else's, don't worry, you're not alone. Yeah, oh. no, I, I totally agree. It shows her character and shows that she's very strong and, like, obviously... Later we find out some things, some more about the situation, but, like, just from this specific plot point, it shows a lot about why Maxine would have fallen in love with Paula in the first place.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, so, um, we also got a tiny, tiny snippet of her in the race missions between season one and season two.
1: Yes. Um, Which is so. From here on, spoilers for the race missions and season two, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, the big plot twist.
0: Yeah, that was kind of like the huge. Because um, I had run the race missions after running season two, and so there were a couple of episodes in season two where I was kind of confused um but that was kind of the huge surprise i guess in the race missions was that not only was paula still alive but she was like nearby and maxine could contact her potentially and she was still working and so yeah it was um running those afterwards i think she has what like one like one line And I was just like, wait, what? While running. so
1: Yeah, so in season two, we find out Paula is alive, but she is in fact working for
0: Van Ark. Yes. Which, when we find that out in the race missions, we don't know he's evil yet, I might also add. So it wasn't as much of a surprise as a like as it would have been later if we had just learned that in season two already. Yeah. Right.
1: And I think uh, Max said something about, about season two as well.
0: Uh huh. Um, let me pull that up. Here it is. So, um, Max says at first when working for Van Ark, she really thought she was doing the right thing. When Archie dropped some truth bombs on her, it was painful at first, but she knew Archie was right. Yes. I yep, yeah, correct, a hundred percent. You get an A.
1: <laughs> and that was one of those um, moments. I think in in that confrontation between Archie and Paula, mm-hmm. and that was really brilliant writing. I think is we have those two characters, and both of them we like. Mm-hmm. We don't know that much about Paula. We spend a lot of time with Archie, and. They are on completely different sides, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we can see where both of them are coming from, and we sympathize with both of them. Mm-hmm. So that was that was very interesting. But that, like, yeah, I I liked that mission a lot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like it, but it was I'm... very well written. That's...
0: You didn't like the end of it, I guess we should say. Yeah, <laughs> I that mission I was really expecting. Paula, actually, to, like, hand over Archie and, like, let her out or something, and I remember running it, and at the end, I, like, had, I was just shocked, because I was like, what the fuck just happened? But, yeah, anyway, this is about Paula, not so Archie. In,
1: in, um, season two, we also learned that the reason Paula can't just leave Venard is that she is, uh, infected. Mm-hmm. She was... Was she bitten by a zombie, I think? Or was she
0: just... I don't really remember, actually. I I think it's implied that she was bitten, but I don't think she ever directly says. It could also be that Van Ark, in order to force her to stay, injected her with, uh, like, zombie... like, something to make her turn, so she needs the plus. Plasmaphoresis or whatever.
1: Yeah, so there's a reason she cannot just leave when she realizes like what is happening and what's going on and who mm-hmm. Van Ark really is, because she's kind of, she depends on all the stuff that he's he's giving her.
0: hmm And of <laughs> course there were the episodes where Five was captured by Van Ark, which were traumatizing. Um and you see how torn Paula is, really, to be in this situation. Because, obviously, she's realizing, hey, he literally has murdered people. This He's not actually actively working to help anyone at this point. So am I still doing the right thing? And you can kind of hear that when she speaks to you. And so, like, at the end of this little arc, after Five is being dragged behind a car and all that shit... Um, the, like, it was really honorable. She had the opportunity to go back to Able Township and be with Maxine, but she knew how important Runner 5 was and knew what Runner 5 would go through, so she kind of sacrificed herself so 5 could get back and get back with the, um, the vials that Maxine needed. Um, and that was, that shows more of her strength and more of her character, and it was really impressive.
1: Speaking of Maxine and Paula, I love that they have such a great relationship that it's for me it's so gross. <laughs> <to> imagine, <laughs> like if I imagine that I like that I'm around a five and whenever they get reunited in season two for like a few minutes they snog <laughs> it's like I'm just like guys like a little bit of privacy, like get a room, can you just
0: <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're super happy that your friend finally found someone, but then they're constantly making out in front of you, and it's just like, guys, we get it. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh. exactly. <laughs> So in the end, uh, yeah, like, Paul and Maxine are finally reunited, mm-hmm. and that makes me very, very happy. Yes, and, uh,
0: and then about 30 seconds later, everything sucks and goes to shit.
1: Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> in the end of season two, Maxine just walks out, and that was very heartbreaking because, they, yeah, they just found each other, like, the day before, Oh, was it the same day?
0: It was, I think it was, the like, the celebration of killing that arc so it was like that day or the day after I think it was that day
1: and if we talk about the end of season 2 I also want to say that I think it was like a very beautiful scene in the end when um, Sarah is dying Mm -hmm. I still miss her (laughs) Uh, that like Paula knows the, the perfect way to Make sure that Sarah is not turning into a zombie, mm-hmm. and it was—I think it was—she um, was very, very calm in that situation, and uh, she was because she didn't even know Sarah all that much. Mm-mm. But you could still hear that it affects her a lot. What is happening? Because well, Sarah also saved her, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that was that was a great scene. Uh, she showed a lot of strength there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, like, two missions later, everything's stupid again, so... <laughs>
1: Should we Forever
0: uh, bitter. Get... Hashtag forever bitter.
1: Should we get to season three? Yes! I think Paula, in, in, in season three, she kind of takes over the role of both... Um, Sarah and then Archie as mm-hmm. the kind of person that accompanies five on important missions but not super secret missions mm-hmm. so we get to to see her a lot and she becomes a runner mm-hmm. which I think is very clever because she, uh, if you know, if you're running with Paula and zombies come then she can throw herself between you and zombies because yeah. If the zombies bite her, it, you know, no damage done because she's already half-zombie, so that's cool. And I like that she has a very dry humor. We don't get to see much of her humorous side in in the seasons before, mm-hmm. and in seasons three, uh, we, I, I'm... You know, the way she interacts with Five, and she interacts with Janine, and mm-hmm. especially the way she interacts with Sam. That's like, you could really feel that she becomes a part of, of Abel, and there are no more hard feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: cool. Yeah, and I mean, definitely it says a lot as well that instead of sulking, like I would do, that she had just gotten back together with the woman she loves... And all of a sudden, the woman she loves is gone. Instead of you know sitting in a corner of a room and crying, she's like up and actively looking for this woman. So, um, and like helping, and that's like huge as well. Like, if there's one thing that the zombies run writers do is they create really, really, uh, strong like characters, and that's always so impressive.
1: Uh, we do learn in season three. We learn. Uh, we get to meet Louise mm-hmm. who is also a very interesting character and happens <laughs> to be an ex-girlfriend of Maxine's and I was a bit uh, I was not too sure how much I liked that because I was afraid that it would get, get into, because at this point Maxine is not like in the picture much mm-hmm. and I was very afraid that it would get like overly jealous between Paula and Louise. But they actually, they talked it out. Like, Paula talks, about, uh, like, how insecure she sometimes is, mm-hmm. and Louise as well. And then in the end, they kind of reach a common ground. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm meeting my wife's ex, and it's super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you don't get the feeling that they become best friends or anything, but they they are dealing with it in a very adult way. Mm-hmm. Very reasonable way. They just talk it out. They talk about it. And there's not, never, you know, any, na na na, she's my girl now. <laughs> stuff.
0: Unfortunately, as hilarious as that would be to hear. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, this is also the season, I think, where she um, openly tells Five that she's bisexual, which I think was a huge, huge thing for her to. I mean, she had already been out for a while, obviously, but then she tells Five about kind of her struggle with Maxine at some point because of that, Um, and I think that was really important as well in getting to know her and showing that, yes, she's this strong, amazing woman, but yeah, she's had issues in the past, she's had problems in her relationship in the past, but she's been able to overcome it, like, she and... Uh, Maxine have been able to overcome all of that and now obviously they make out every time they see each other So,
1: (laughs) and also that makes Paula, with Paula and Eugene we have two openly bisexual characters who call themselves bisexual and it's not just something that is, you have to kind of find out about Mm -hmm. like by doing a lot of research it's just like oh they're bisexual yeah that's just what they are
0: yeah which is i think super important obviously i I mean yeah
1: i was not aware uh that so many characters in in so many medias don't openly they it was it's never openly mentioned or Mm -hmm. hardly ever and i wasn't even aware of that but now i'm paying a lot of the attention to stuff like that and it is in fact it's not that common i think
0: yeah no i think i mean obviously we've talked about this before but zombies run does is one of the best medias in terms of representation like they have people of all races religions backgrounds um sexualities whatever and that's really really important especially for the um like the base of listeners that they have as well.
1: So in in season three, we also learned that the plasmapherosis...
0: plasmapheresis I think
1: pheresis plasma something something <laughs> something uh, doesn't really work as well anymore. Mm-hmm. So it this is where it starts getting worse for her. So it's kind of implied that. Um, she needs more treatment, and mm. more often, so in season three Van Ark is dead, so they he can't do any research anymore, so uh they kind of know that she might not live for very much longer, and that's kind of sad because
0: kind of you
1: just <laughs> no because you you just got really used to her, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's
0: depressing. I yeah. was making fun of you for saying kind of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and then the end of season three kind of drops that huge bump on us. That, um, so we learn that Maxine and Paula have been talking about having kids before the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't really agree because they were like... Oh, I don't know. And I think Maxine is the one who held back a little,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then she decides. Like Maxine decides. no, after all we've gone through, let's have a baby in the apocalypse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all know how you feel about this, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry,
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that anymore because I love that baby, so it's yeah. fine. You know? <laughs> so Apollo is gonna be a mom.
0: Yay!
1: And that Leads us right into Season 4, Paula, I
0: think. Mm -hmm. And we have a message with Season 4 spoilers from Lucy.
1: Uh, Do you want me to read it out? Sure. Uh, Because I just have it on my screen here. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Okay, it's a bit of a long message, but it's fine. Paula is so important to me because it's rare that we see Jewish characters in anything, especially zombie or apocalypse-related. I get chills every time I think about her saying the Shema in Season 4. The Shema, Shema Israel, like the prayer. Look mm. it up if you don't know what it is. Uh, she's also really fun to go on missions with. I liked her interactions with Louise in Season 3. We agree. My headcanon is that Paula is actually a terrible cook.
0: <laughs> and
1: that's the real reason she's not allowed in the kitchen anymore. I also think that while she would, she wouldn't keep kosher or observe a Shabbat. Due to practicalities, she would still fast on Yom Kippur, again, Google that if you don't know what it is, and hoard apples and some Cameo's honey around Rosh Hashanah. I think even though Paula was really sick at the time, Maxine had someone to help her do the... Oh, no, that's a difficult word. Brit Bat? I think... No idea. No, 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 I I, I think... uh, Here's what I think it is. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think so. If if a Jewish boy is born, he will have the the bris, uh, I don't want to call it a circumcision. No, what is it called? Circum. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's more than that. Like it's a whole ceremony and stuff. But I think it's kind of um, a celebration for a newborn baby girl. Okay. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right.
0: I have no idea.
1: No, I, th- I think this is um, like, because you don't have, you don't have uh the same thing for a girl, obviously. Mm. So I think this is maybe some kind of celebration for a girl, like a prayer or something. Um, so Maxine had someone to help her do the, but I'm sorry. Sorry, at Paula's bedside, eight days after Sarah's birth. I hope we hear Paula make some Jewish
0: jokes.
1: (laughs) I like that. Uh, She's really funny. And I want a zombie version of this joke.
0: I think we can make a zombie version of this real quick, actually.
1: Let's read the... Let's... um, Should we read the joke first?
0: I mean, if we just put in zombie instead of the other thing,
1: it'll work, right? So... A man is out in the woods when he comes across a zombie. (laughs) Frightened for his life, he runs as fast as he can to escape the zombie and hides in a cave. He's horrified to find that the zombie has run after him, well, stumbled after him (laughs) into the cave, and now the man is trapped. He closes his eyes and begins to recite Shema Israel in anticipation of his final moments. When he's finished, he opens his eyes and is surprised to see the bear in front of him with his eyes closed. Uh, Not the bear, the zombie. Ah,
0: (laughs) The zombie bear.
1: He's surprised to see the zombie in front of him with his eyes closed, also praying. The man thinks to himself, What a break. A Jewish zombie. We are Mishpocha. I'm saved. But then he listens more carefully to the bear's prayer. The zombie's prayer. The zombie's prayer. (laughs) And the zombie says, and here you're going to find out that I do not actually speak any Hebrew in case I could fool you until now, which I (laughs) couldn't. So he says, (laughs) Hamozi lechem min ha'ares. I'm so sorry. Which is the end of the prayer said over food before eating it. (laughs) So yeah, it's Listeners, if any of that did not make any sense, then it might be because of my terrible Hebrew pronunciation.
0: (laughs) I thought it was good. I thought you had good pronunciation. Definitely better than mine would have been.
1: Yeah, also, look that stuff up. Educate yourself about Judaism. Yes. Especially if you're a European.
0: Especially because Paula.
1: Yes. And speaking of that, um, there is something... I want to recommend, and that's a playlist, an 8-tracks playlist made about Paula uh, by Tumblr user Facing the North Wind. And she made this very beautiful playlist with like Jewish songs for Paula, and you can listen to it, and we're going to put a link in our description mm-hmm. where you can find it. But you might want to download it and listen to it, because Atrex is not longer available. Just in a very strange way, if you're outside the US or Canada. Oh yeah, that's yeah. annoying. But you can download it, and it's an amazing playlist, and I do not know a lot about Jewish music. Like Yiddish music, I know something about that, but not a lot about like Jewish music. And, but I heard that it's a very good playlist, and I heard Naomi Alderman talk about that playlist on The cultures and how much she loved it.
0: Oh, so, awesome.
1: Yeah, so you should totally listen to that playlist.
0: Awesome. If,
1: yeah, and, and check out the description in the Tumblr post, because there are translations for people like me who don't or barely speak Hebrew. <laughs> so thanks to Lucy yes. for... That email. Yeah. I like, the, I like the Paula is a terrible cook. headcanon. I can see
0: that. Yeah. I can see that.
1: And also, I uh, want to talk about the Shema Israel that she prays. That that was a moment that also really got to me, uh, because the Shema Israel is something that a lot of Jewish people, I think. It's used a lot in all different kind of ceremonies because it's like one of the most important prayers in Judaism. Mm-hmm. But especially it said when somebody is about to die, mm-hmm. like either you say it for that person or the person says it themselves. So her starting to, to pray to Shema Israel was like, oh, that broke my heart. Aww.
0: Yeah. I don't know, season four was kind of, kind of, was really traumatic, I feel like, Um, especially at the beginning, because it it really, really looks like she's not going to make it for a long, long time.
1: What especially breaks my heart in the beginning of season four is that we, it's not, nobody's talking about... (laughs) And, you know, most people, they just know, and Paula herself knows, mm. that it's just a matter of time until she dies. Mm-hmm. And all she wants is to survive long enough to see her baby. Mm-hmm. And it was a very sad scene when she talks to Sam, and it, it says a lot about her relationship with Sam and how close they, they've they become in, in season three especially that... Um, It's very difficult for him to accept that Paula is going to die, but for her it's so important that he knows what she wants, and
0: Mm.
1: he knows uh, what's important to her, so he actually listens to her whenever she says, when I'm not here anymore, do this and that.
0: So That broke my heart. (laughs) I mean, I still, I'm still, i still exactly at the same spot I was, you know, three weeks ago, the last time I recorded whatever. So, but, yeah, I think I'm about halfway through the season. And so right, right up in the heartbreak part, all of it's heartbreaking, I guess. But, yeah, um, I don't know. It's hard to deal with anyone kind of passing away, but especially, like, when that person knows they're not gonna make it like has like and is kind of waiting on something before they're able to like let themselves leave i think that's kind of the hardest part for me to listen to at least like because she really just wants to see her child born and then she'll be ready to go but it's still like no you can't you can't yeah
1: I think it's also very sad that she cannot actually stay with Maxine mm-hmm. because her blood is basically poison at this point. Mm. So she has to get away to make sure that Maxine, you, you know, when you go into labor, you're like, you should not be subjected to anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, even cold. So that, that was, so she had to, all she had was like Maxine's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, season
0: four kind of hit us hard on all levels, I guess. No kidding, like I thought season three was bad, but gosh, Naomi just like brought out the hard stuff this year. I yeah. can't wait for season five. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I think that's more or less it with yeah uh, Paula. Yeah, um, Paula is. How do I say that? I don't think she's among my like favorite, favorite, favorite characters, but she's still a character that I like a mm-hmm. lot, and I'm so glad that she's here, and I just want her to be happy.
0: Yes, for once.
1: <laughs> like, for at least a year.
0: Yeah, minimum. Like, bare season. minimum.
1: One season of uh, Doctor Girlfriend's happy doctor girlfriend just like
0: not even showing up because they're just constantly making out in their room like whatever yeah, totally fine with gushing, that gushing
1: over their baby
0: yes that's all 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 we want that's all they deserve come on <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah did we get any more messages
0: i think that was it
1: wait wait i just realized when i was looking in the mailbox that one we nearly forgot uh, we got again from Max. We got a reaction to our last episode. Oh, where we had like the zombies run series, wild theories, uh-huh. and he sent us a possible location for Abel and Ooh. Hampton. He did some research, it's a, a longer email with some pictures. And so, if that's okay, uh, I'm going to put that on the blog for you to read. So, awesome. It's a very interesting uh, theory about where a township might be, which we have not yet found out. Really. True. Because it's close to mountains and the ocean and the castle. And
0: I don't know the geography of England.
1: Me neither. <laughs> okay, but, but now we can close the episode. Yes. <laughs> All right, so
0: thanks, guys. Um, next week is going to be Something.
1: Let's do another thought experiment. We had one thought experiment. What if uh, Zombies Run was set in the US instead of the UK? So here it is.
0: Dun, dun, run. If
1: there was a Zombies Run movie or TV show or Ooh. comic, what would we want to see? Who would we cast and what would be important to us.
0: Good. Very good. I like it.
1: So you can either send us like meta ideas, what would be important, or what the structure would have to be. Or you can also send us fan casts, or who would be a great runner. Uh, what is his name? Evan?
0: Seven? Runner Evan DuBall?
1: Idris Elba. That's the right answer. That's
0: yeah, correct.
1: Just the right answer. That's just the right fan cast. No, but uh, yeah, just send us everything about a possible, like we don't want a zombies run movie, TV show, or comic, but what if there were, what would be important to us? Mm-hmm. That so
0: is that is next week. Um, next, next week. Weeks. I mean, next episode in two weeks. Yeah. See you then, guys. Stay safe out there. Stay safe out there. Podcast Detected is a non-profit project brought to you by way too many people in a Com shack. Zombies Run belongs to Six to Start. Music is Rich Groove by Jason Kessler. Questions? Want to submit a story or need more information? You'll find us on Tumblr or Twitter at Podcast Detected or email us at com shack at gmail.com. No runners were harmed during the making of this episode.